You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The Athletic. Let's talk about six, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about six. Simicas. It's Camino. And it's as crisp a volley as you could hope to see. Liverpool reach another semi. The last four in the League Cup, the FA Cup, and now the Champions League. It's something the club's never done before in a single season. So can they go one step further in Europe? That plus the second half of the Manchester City doubleheader on today's pod. And don't forget, if you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, you can read all of the articles on Liverpool as well as everything on the site. Just head to theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod. Special price right now, £1 a month for six months. So head to theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool I'm Steve Hothersall, this is The Red Agenda. Joining me on the pod today, Kiever O'Neill and David Anderson to reflect, first of all, on that win over Benfica and, of course, look ahead to that Wembley trip at the weekend. Um, Kiever, Jürgen rotating his squad to great effect for this game. Maybe surprised one or two. Yeah, seven changes. I think no one expected quite that many, but, you know, it paid off in the end. I mean, if Benfica would have scored, maybe... If they would have scored that fourth goal, it might have got a little bit rocky there after Darwin had scored. And then I don't know how Alisson kept that out, but it might have been a bit like, whoa, they only needed it. Was it another goal after that to sort of draw level? So that would have been tricky, you know, 82, 83 minutes going into the last. But yeah, Liverpool just kind of made all those changes. It didn't quite the defence. I don't think that defence has played together before. It felt a bit like that watching it, but then at the same time, kind of just cruised through now and probably going to get through this game and that's what they did and at the end it kind of felt like they sort of got through this test and this you know being able to rest players and and that kind of thing obviously you know Salad and Mane come on but you know just looked like they were having fun didn't look too of a highly pressurised situation which quarterfinals of the Champions League can be you know now Liverpool are through to the semi-finals and it didn't really feel like they got out of any kind of gear, even though, you know, Benfica tested them and scored three goals and about 300 offside goals. <laughs> just, it, it just felt like at the end, you know, I think I've seen pictures. I didn't watch City's game, obviously, being at Liverpool, but I've seen, you know, sort of images at the end where, you know, City were, you know, all hugging and, like, really excited to get to the semi-finals. you sort of seen that with... Real Madrid after their game and Villarreal obviously as well. But Liverpool just sort of walking around applauding the fans like, yeah, through to another semi-final. That was easy. On to the next one. Just like kind of this real air of confidence and that sort of stuck out to me a bit. I've, you know, this team expect this now and isn't it amazing we sort of get to watch it? Yeah, I think that's the word, isn't it? Expectation, David. It's a, it's a third Champions League semi-final in, in five years, which is a remarkable achievement but as Kiva says, it is expected, isn't it, by these players? Well, Kiva made a good point there because I think Pep came out with that quote last night and he said, oh, this is a great achievement for Manchester City. It's the third Champions League semi-final in the club's history. And, 
you had to stop yourself guffawing, really. As you say, Liverpool have done, what, three in the, the last sort of five seasons, and it's almost... It keeps, it's about like time under Rafa when they, they got to the semi-finals and the finals on quite a regular basis, and it, it almost became the norm, really, that Liverpool would go deep in the Champions League, and Klopp has recreated that, really, with the expectation is... Yeah, quarter-final, semi-final, yeah, that's sort of what we expect, really. But, of course, the question is, can you push on and sort of win it? And it is an incredible base that he's built, really, that he's got a team that can compete on all four fronts. You know, the challenging for the Premier League, possibly win that, has won the League Cup, semi-finals of the FA Cup, the first time under Klopp, and, of course, another Champions League final, and that's against Villarreal. And, you know, it's hard not to get carried away and sort of think to yourself, you know, if someone has said to you at this stage, tell you what, Play Villarreal in the semi-finals of the Champions League for a place in the final, you'd say, I love that. And uh, it's <laughs> yeah. just a great position for Liverpool to be in. We'll talk Villarreal very shortly. Let, let's talk about one of the key contributors for Liverpool against Benfica, the wonderful Bobby Firmino, written off so many times, Kiva. I, mean, I don't know how many times I've spoken to Liverpool fans who've said, oh, well, if you're going to lose someone, lose him. There he is, stepping to the fore again. Two goals, terrific, especially in the competition. And without doubt, he's got a value to this squad. Yeah, watching him last night was a real sort of throwback almost. You know, he was the one that sort of the one player that started this Klopp era almost. He was obviously at the club before Klopp joined and the kind of player I think Jurgen Klopp would have went out and purchased, went out and bought, went after. Obviously, we know the whole, you know, the transfer committee as it was then sort of brought in Roberto Firmino, I think, as, you know, was it Rodgers who wanted Benteke at the time? And obviously Firmino is now on 98 Liverpool goals, I think it is. So, you know, he's, he's two away from 100. Obviously, it's took him a little bit longer to get there than, um, you know, his, his fellow teammates in Salah and Mane who were, you know, well over the line of 100. You know, I think there's less than 20 players in Liverpool's history that have reached 100 goals. I might be right in saying I have to double-check, but, you know, to join that illustrious list is incredible. And it was just a joy to watch him. Last night, um, he should have probably had, had so many chances. I think there was a bit of a header that sort of got deflected over for a corner. Um, there was that chance where he's sort of running a goal and you're kind of hoping he'll just hit it with the outside of his of his boot, which he, you know, you you kind of expect from him to do something like that. But he wanted to play in Diaz, which obviously I think it was a, a great tackle in the end. But yeah, he had plenty of chances, but the chances obviously he did take were brilliant and just good finishes, you know, playing right on the on the um, edge of offside for the, the first goal and then second goal is just a similar sort of good finish. Costa Simakas, who had a well, man of the match performance, didn't he? But yeah, for me, you know, just such a special player and about to reach, you know, an incredible milestone for Liverpool and he's just so much fun to watch. He always has been. You know, you think back, to Liverpool playing last against Villarreal, it was him who done that. You know, sent the lad for the echo that that twist and turn and whatever it was. And he's always been a special player. He's always been fun to watch. And you know, he's facilitated a lot of what this Liverpool team have done in dropping deep, in pressing, and you know, picking the ball up and sort of leading that. And you know, giving the ball to Mane and Salah as he often does, and you know, did for Diaz last night and Jota as well. You know, he's a credit to this Jurgen Klopp team and I think, you know, I've seen a lot of fans last night saying, enjoy him while you can because you, know, you don't know how, how much longer he'll be at the club and you know, he's not getting any younger, none of us are, but what a special player he's been for me now and someone who's become more of a squad player in the past couple of seasons, but when he's come in, you know, he, he scored some really important goals and 
he's going to be integral to how successful Liverpool are in the coming weeks. I mean, his seventh season at the football club, no one else quite does what Bobby Firmino does. But, but what will he be thinking about next season and his future? Because he's got one more season to go on his contract, hasn't he? It's always interesting. We were thinking, talked about James Wonder last time we were watching this game as well. Really. And it is that thing. Do you want to be maybe a small part of something big? Or do you want to say, well, do you know what? It's time to go off. I've got a couple of years. That I want to try and still be a big part of maybe something smaller, play more often, maybe be a regular in the Premier League or, or another one of Europe's top leagues. And I think they want to, they'll want to stay because it's... it's it's like as Van Dijk said the other week, they want to do something unforgettable and say this season's bonkers. Like Steve, you said it yourself, Liverpool have never been in this position in the great history where they're still challenging. One's in the bag and they're still going on three fronts. And it's absolutely mind-blowing what, what could be achieved. And, you know, you're counting the games down now. And I, go, I don't know if Coach Gerard Ullier with that time he came out in 2000, so 12 games from greatness or something when they were chasing the chasing something similar back then. But, you know, it's... It, it could do something really, really special. This person, I think, he just want to be part of this, and I think um, he's not arrogant enough to think, "Oh, why am I not playing every week?" I think he can look around him and see how well the people like Jot have done since he's come in, and Diaz as well. And you know, Diaz's interest he was on, he was in the other flank last night. So, I think he understands his sort of role within the team, but he understands that he's still sort of loved and respected by Klopp. He's respected by his teammates, and he can still play an important sort of part in this team sort of going forward and, and win stuff as well because you know for, for, for a player to, to look back in your career and say yeah there was a couple of Champions League couple of Premier League FA Cup whatever League Cup and stuff it's wonderful to look back on so I, I think he'll want to still be be part of it and you can see from last night when he does play he does contribute and you know we've got it's a 12 games if they're all the way and everything now and like you can't play the same sort of front three in every game so there's going to be rotation so there could be possibly maybe another seven or eight appearances in there, maybe another sort of uh, three or four starts or something like that there. So there's definitely opportunity to do stuff, get the 100 goals and win some big trophies. And there's definitely this affinity, Kiva, isn't there, between him and the crowd? Yeah, he's a real entertainer, isn't he? Like, we know how bright his smile is, um, but it really does light up Anfield and did last night, just as his football does. And, you know, even when Canate scored and he'd done the sort of, you know, the kick behind him, which he'd done... I think against Roma and, you know, other um, celebrations where he sort of, you know, will do that high kick or like mimic or, you know, just have a lot of fun. And I feel like fans can buy into that because it just, it's so real and so enjoyable. And he's always been that way and he's always played that way as well. And that's always been fun to watch no matter what. If Liverpool wasn't in this position now and fighting it out in all the ways that they are, Roberto Firmino would still be a player bringing fans joy, you know, and we'd still enjoy that. But as it is, you know, the fighting out for three trophies and, it, you know, he's just put a marker down to say, I'm still here, I'm still around. I want to have some fun as well. And he's one of those important players that I think brings other players together. You can see that in the warm-ups. You can see that, you know, he's always smiling and just sort of having a laugh and, you know, he's been here such a long time. He, I think he feels really at home and you can see that the way he plays. You know, he, he's he got a real swagger as well to him, which I think is probably underrated, you know, when he does score or when he does celebrate or whatever. He, he's just got this real air of confidence, which I think, you know, he's always had and has probably been maybe an underrated part of his game that he just does carry that, that confidence, the you know, he is going to do something brilliant and even just the way he moves the ball around and 
it passes. Everything is is done with care. Everything's done with sort of that Brazilian beauty of you know really looking after the ball and doing fun things. And you know he's he's getting his flowers um, like last night and today and you know next couple of days probably you know. And if he can come on and do something against Man City, then very much deserved. It's about time we sort of stand back and speak about him, isn't it? Because we've been speaking about you know Jota and his goals this season. Obviously Salah, Mane. Roberto Firmino is still very much one of Liverpool's very best players and, you know, whether that is being a squad player or just, you know, playing every week. He almost feels like when you're watching him last night, he's like the founding father of this Liverpool squad and, and what they're meant to do. You know, he was the first, like Adam Lallana in that very first game where he sort of collapsed at the end. Roberto Firmino in those first few weeks on the clock and months was just integral and has kept that. You know, he, he played... The Liverpool way under under what Jurgen Klopp has sort of reinvented the Liverpool way to be. Uh, Firmino knows how to do that, and just yeah, he has said it again. I'll say it before he's just such a, a gift. Yeah, final word on on Bobby Firmino, Dave, from you. He, Kiva said he's like the founding father, and he is. Well, he was a Brendan Rodgers signing, wasn't he? But I'm not. Does Brendan take responsibility, credit for this or not? Well, I think he even touched it. It was a very strange summer back in 2015 because, of course, there'd been that disappointment after you know almost going so close to winning a title in 2014, and there was that great expectation: could they build? They lost Suarez, and you know it was it's all, it all sort of didn't go very well. And then, as you said, it was right. So what what we're going to do? And you, you remember at the time, sort of Firmino was signed. He was coming in from Hoffenheim, and he was a Brazilian. And nobody's quite sure what he was. He cost quite a bit of money. He was almost sort of 30 million. And but as you said, the one that Rogers wanted was was Benteke. And I remember at the time, you know, being told by someone at the club, well, listen, don't be under any illusions. Benteke is Brendan Rodgers sort of signing. And I suppose it maybe just reflected that little bit of tension between sort of Rodgers, who perhaps maybe was more old-fashioned, his views of recruitment, thinking that, look, I want to sign the players. I want to play on my team. And the club, FSG at that time, sort of thinking, well, hold on a minute, you know, not, without using the derived money ball term, but thinking, look, there's a player here who's, who's young, as talented, we think he's got great potential, we think he'd be a great player for Liverpool and how we want to play. And he sort of arrived, and it was almost a case of Rodgers looking at him and thinking, well, I'm not quite sure what I'm sort of going to do with you. I remember watching, I think it was an early game against Villa at home, and he got injured then, and you're sort of thinking, well, what is this fellow? I think they tried to put him out wide at that point. Thought, well, he doesn't really look like a winger, really. Uh, and, of course, Benteke was supposed to be the goal scorer, but he didn't quite work as well. And, of course, Rodgers was gone with, by October that season anyway, and then sort of Klopp came in. Klopp immediately was on the same sort of, you know, page as, as FSG and sort of looked at Firmino and said, this is the sort of guy who, who, who can work for me. Whereas in contrast, he was always exasperated and frustrated with Benteke because he used to just this, he just can't get the work rate, he can't get the closing down, he can't get the sort of, the energy levels that I demand from the players. And then why sort of Benteke became this sort of sideshow as it was, you know, and you could tell quite quickly in that first season, his days were numbered, but someone like Firmino immediately says, no, this is exactly the sort of fellow I want, you know, he's got the energy, he's got the skills, he's got the application, he's intelligent as well, he's going to do sort of well for me, and so it was almost like a tale of two strikers, really, how sort of one who was signed by sort of Rodgers, another one who was really one about Rodgers, but then sort of as Firmino was the one who sort of prospered so much under, under, under Jürgen. And turned into South American brilliance. And we, we've got another piece of that now at Anfield in, in Luis Diaz. I mean, how quick's this lad, Kiefer? And, and you look at his performances and think, well, he settled in quickly. But what does next season hold in store for him? Just so much excitement. Um, yeah, he's settled in so well. You've you seen that straight away, I think, in the, the FA Cup game that he, you know, 
featured in that was his, his first game and then just hit the ground running straight away he looked like a Liverpool player from the off like he ne- never played for anyone else uh, watching him last night was just I think it's like for me you know certain players are just your eyes are drawn to them and they're just so much fun to watch and he's definitely one of them and Diaz is just so skillful so talented I think he presses so energetically like I don't think I've ever seen anyone run as quick to press the ball to win the ball back than he does it's so intense so fast like he's like a kid almost like I just want the ball back because I just want to play I want to play football that's kind of his energy and then just like how he just skips past players and you know takes that little like deft touch to sort of just bring the ball away and um, set himself up for a shot. I just think he's such an incredible talent and obviously unlucky last night not to score, but he'd be scoring, I think, plenty of goals for Liverpool and next season does feel like massive for him, but he, we have to remember that he's almost been like a missing link this season. He's been that extra added little bonus in attack, you know, someone that can start big games like this and play in important matches. If he started at Wembley on Saturday, no one would bat an eyelid because of how well he performed in the League Cup final. I think he was Liverpool's player of the match there. He was he was outstanding. I think Wembley always feels like a bigger pitch, doesn't it? And he just seemed like he had more more space and really wanted to, you know, put his authority, stamp his authority on, on that game. And it feels like he sort of approaches every game like that. He just just amazing to watch him with the ball and how he just always wants to take players on like you kind of think that this you know him signing for Liverpool was quite sort of last minute and left field maybe even though you know he's he's been on Liverpool's list and been watched by them for a few years now but you know the other teams that wanted them Tottenham and whoever else think that did West Ham did David Moyes come out and say that they were sort of eyeing him up and I think Everton sort of had there was something mentioned that plenty of clubs have, have been looking at him and maybe, you know, wanted to sign him. But Liverpool having signed him just feels massive now that we're actually seeing him play. If he was playing for Tottenham, I'd be like, oh, Liverpool really, really missed out on a player there. But he's playing for Liverpool, so that's all well and good. And yeah, I think we can talk about next season, how important he's going to be. But I feel like he he's the man. He's, he's someone that is going to chip in. You know, as these crucial games come up, he's going to be there for, for big moments and you can feel that he wants to be, which is incredible, you know, as maybe energies dip elsewhere in the squad. You know, he just seems like it'll be effortless for him and he'll just keep wanting to, to play. And I think, you know, James done a piece, didn't he, on him? Um, and he did. Special, Pep, special yeah. players can make fast starts, was James's piece. Yeah, and, and Pep Linders, I think, spoken that about how, you know, he... He's just hit the ground running in training as well. And you know, he, he just seems like a player who is just so happy to play football and it's just so refreshing to see because he's really good at it. He's so Liverpool through and through, isn't he? And the, and the madness is that it doesn't feel like he's been here just a couple of months, David. It feels like he's sort of an integral, a longer-term part of this squad. Yeah, no, you know, no, you're right. I, I suppose the one thing, uh, maybe we could just advance a little bit, you know, if, if you were a player, like, imagine any player in the world joining this Liverpool squad at the minute, you know, it's an absolute sort of dream, really, because they're playing so well, they're playing full of confidence, you know, they're, they're playing attacking, exciting football, and I suppose, in that sense, it makes it a little bit easier to, to integrate, really, you know, as opposed to, say, I'm thinking poor old, say, Thiago, say, last Summer, we know when he had signed Liverpool and there was lockdown, and then he got injured. And then when he finally did come back, remember December's when Liverpool's form fell off a cliff, and all of a sudden 
people said, oh, he's slowing the play down. You know, he, he seemed to be coming on the unfair criticism. Where for Diaz, he's been very fortunate to, to join a team, you know, playing at such Olympian levels of brilliance, really. It, it is a wonderful thing to do. But, you know, Keefe makes that great point about watching him pressing last night. And there were some of those causes, and you're thinking, there's no real point in closing that keeper down. You know, he, he's, he's going to play the ball, but but he he would still sprint and then, you know, sprint to the next defender when he plays the ball to him and then force the error, force him to kick it down the line or, you know, out of play or whatever, really. And you think, you know, that takes you know, great energy and great sort of willpower because the easy thing would just be to say, well, look, you know, I'll just wait. We'll let them play it out or play it long. There's no point in me expending energy, you know, in a game where we've already won the tie, really, you know, to do that. But it's just incredible. And he's so quick over the ground as well. It's His little legs run. It's almost like little cartoons. It's almost like a little blur, you know, when you sort of see them go. And uh, But, of course, he's more than just that as well. You know, the lad's intelligent. He's always looking for his teammates. He can score goals too. And I say he's just been... You know, like Liverpool had tremendous momentum, you know, sort of January for a fair bit, but he just feels as if he's given an extra little push as well. And, it's, you know, you just look at those options. We've talked about Firmino there, and Liverpool's attacking options are truly breathtaking. We used to talk about Manchester City's options being, oh, wow, look at that. You know, you wouldn't mind those sort of forward players, not so much draggers, but forward players. Whereas I think Liverpool have now got the sort of that front five, which is sort of the envy of, of, of world football, really. They can, they can do anything and score all sorts of goals. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So what do we feel about the, the semi-final? Of course, uh, it's Villarreal and Unai Emery, Kiva. I think Jürgen called him the, the king of cups. He's got a fairly good record. And of course, this season they knocked out Juventus, Bayern Munich. He, he's shown his quality in recent seasons. But I think a lot of Liverpool fans are quite confident. Yeah, and I think they should be with this team. But obviously it does kind of maybe ring some alarm bells when Villarreal have been able to knock Juventus out in the fashion that they did as well. It was like quite convincing victory over them and then obviously Bayern Munich to, to do that. You know, when Bayern drew level, I kind of thought on aggregate, so, well, they'll kick on now, but they obviously never. And then Villarreal scored to draw on the night and, and win the tie and get through to the semi-finals. And, yeah, Unai Emery is, like Klopp says, the King of Cups, I think was it, three or four Europa Leagues he won. Well, it was four, isn't it? Because he won three with Sevilla and then obviously won that one with Villarreal against Man United, obviously to earn their place in the Champions League, which is an incredible story when you think back. I remember, you know, watching that penalty shootout and sort of, you know, they earned the place in, in the Champions League. No one would have expected them to go on and, you know, be in the last four of it. Maybe you'd expect them to struggle to get out the group, but, you know, they did and they've, yeah, took some 
some big teams out of the competition and we'll be definitely wanting to do that, you know, to get to the final because they'll just be playing in that way that Unai Emery's Sevilla teams did. Like, no one's, you know, bigger than them and they're just going to try their best to to get to the final and, and win it because most times Sevilla went to the final, they were almost like the underdogs, even so, you know, against Liverpool and you thought, oh, well, they're not going to win the third one now because they're playing Liverpool and Liverpool went 1-0 up in, in that game. But, Emery's just got something about him that his teams are able to turn things around as Sevilla did that night and Villarreal, you, you wouldn't have expected them to to beat Man, Man United in a you know a European final as they did. Was it the club's first trophy? This you know, it's such a small place with a small population. I think I read the three percent of the people from Villarreal were, were in Germany the other night. So you know, that kind of tells the tale of how little, you know, the population is and how incredible this story is. You know, it's one that we should be speaking about a lot and excited about in the, you know, in the coming weeks because we will be talking about it. And yeah, they'll be looking at Liverpool thinking, well, all we've got to do is do what we did in the past couple of games. And, you know, we, we can do that. And, you know, you've seen some of the like little offside traps and the, the few little tactics that, you know, might slip Liverpool up in, in little ways. But you'd imagine that, you know, this Liverpool team and Jurgen Klopp will have a plan and, you know, over two legs, I think you'd think Liverpool will be able to get through. If this was sort of a, a one knockout affair, then I'd maybe have a little bit of worry that, you know, Emery could do something, but, you know, Liverpool should feel quite confident going into this one and I think that's why a lot of fans have already, you know, booked Paris and, you know, booked the, the flights and hotels already, you know, they'll get there by what is it, Ferry or whatever you were talking about before, Steve. You know, any old way Liverpool fans will be looking to get to Paris, but obviously Real maybe will sort of think, let's, you know, make sure that it's our entire population that are in Paris instead of, um, you know, the million or whatever Liverpool fans that'll make it there. Absolutely, because it's not that far, is it? Home leg first. In a weird way, you sort of think it's Liverpool's divine right to have that second leg at Anfield, David, but it's not going to be that way. Yeah, no, unfortunately, uh, the home leg first at Anfield, but, you know, the no, key was right. It's, they're an interesting team for us because I, I saw them um, play United uh, home and away this season and, you know, they cause United a problem. Now, I suppose you're going to say United's not a great yardstick formation that any team's ability in Europe, but, you know, technically very good, especially the game at Old Trafford. They really should have won it. United won with a Ronaldo goal when Fergie Timers left them all thinking the good times were back, which they weren't. Uh, and it even out in Spain, again, they caused problems. They were hard for United to break down. But then United's greater quality just told it down. I think Jadon Sansa was the one that night. So again, it sort of tells you the story that they're um, a team we're very familiar with. You know, people like Capui, the Celso, Danjuma, people have all seen the Premier League before. We know Emery very well. Unfortunately, um, Alberto Moreno's got that that serious knee injury, so he's out for the season. So there's no sort of fairy tale reunion for him or return to Anfield, unfortunately. But you, you know what they'll do? They're strange team. I was looking at you know the seventh in the league. They've won twelve of the thirty-one league games. So you're thinking you're up against a mid-table team in the league, but of course you can understand that their their form in the league has sort of gone by the, the wayside a little bit because they have focused on their sort of championship campaign especially now since they've made the knockout stages and I think as you said Steve the fact they've beaten um, you know Juventus 3-0 away three late goals they've done Bayern Munich that demands respect from Liverpool and of course they'll do that there the classic mistake was just to think oh it's only a Villarreal will easily beat them and come a cropper but they won't do that I think Liverpool know what they need to do 
and they just need to play them at football because they will want to play football too and Liverpool have the better technical players and their superior quality will, will out in the end. You say the first games at Anfield, really, Liverpool will be on a roll by then. They're going to come back now and play at United on Tuesday at home. Then they've got the Everton Derby then on the, is it the Sunday and then into the Villarreal games. There's three successive home games. So whereas the atmosphere last night was understandably a little bit strange because, you know, the fans sort of turned up knowing the tie was virtually won and didn't really get into full voice. I think for that one, you're going to see a proper European atmosphere, which will sort of spur Liverpool on. And, and hopefully they can maybe even do the business in the first day, take a healthy lead, you know, out to out to Villarreal, out to the, 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 is it the stadium Ceramica. It's, it's an <laughs> incredible place with all these wonderful yellow ceramic tiles around one side of the stands, really. And this, <laughs> this little tag. I was trying to think of the comparison. It's almost equivalent like of Ormskirk or Northwich or something, you know. <laughs> Winning a European trophy and now reaching the semi-finals of the Champions League—it's like, absolutely fantastic fairy footballing fairy tale, really. But you know, unfortunately, Liverpool are going to be the the baddies in this story, really, and hopefully, it'll all end now at the semi-final stage. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, let's have a word on uh, on part two of Liverpool against Manchester City. City who were put through the ringer by Atletico Madrid in what was a highly emotional night, wasn't it, Kiva? So hopefully that's drained them a little bit ahead of this Wembley date at the weekend. Yeah, I was thinking that because, it, you know, we've played Atletico, we've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt several times and it's just so tiring as a fan, I think, even to sort of you know, get through those games and, you know, I was sort of following it a bit on, on Twitter while I was at Anfield and, you know, it, it looked as though it was one of those real sort of battles and fights and Simeone and just the, the madness and the tactics and the, you know, the the dark arts of football. And, it, you know, it seemed like it looked quite entertaining, to be honest, of, you know, them all sort of brawling at the end and, you know, confronting each other. And I've seen a photo where someone had Sterling by the throat and it was just like, it looked chaotic. Just, yeah, where Liverpool have had like, you know, 3-3 on the night, Benfica, you know, Benfica sort of had a few good moments and, you know, punished Liverpool and them and Liverpool made a lot of changes. But it was kind of like light work, kind of always felt going into the game, Liverpool were going to, you know, prevail, which they did. But... City didn't have that. City had a battle, they had a fight, they had to, you know, get through it. And and they did 1-0 on aggregate. So obviously that goal in, in the first leg got them through in the end. And I think did Atletico have a few late chances and, you know, could have been a different story for them. But Kyle Walker might be, did he come off injured? Did I hear? De Bruyne had a bit of ice on his leg. So, yeah, I think... Um, 
I did spot Edison sort of clutching his shoulder, whether that was just a bit of a time wasting tactic at the end. So, you know, they've they've been through a bit of a a battle to get to to the semi-finals the weekend and had to play a strong team to get there. You know, you can't make seven changes against um, Atletico Madrid. That would have been pretty brave of uh, even Pep Guardiola. But I think this should play into Liverpool's hands a little bit. But then my one concern is that when you've sort of, you know, had that experience and seeing the, the images of the City players sort of, you know, all sort of celebrating together, coming together after getting through that, because it'll just, that'll feel euphoric. You know, they've made the semi-finals, like you say, for just the, the third time, is it, in their history. So that'll feel like a monumental achievement to them. And they might just ride that wave to Wembley this weekend. We know how good they are at, at winning the domestic cups. And, you know, we know how good they played against Liverpool. Probably should have won that game. Um, on Sunday, I thought so. Yeah, they'll. I think they'll come into this, you know, maybe a little bit bruised, but thinking, well, you know, we're one step away from another FA Cup final. We're already in the semi-finals of the Champions League. They've come through sort of like a bigger test than Liverpool, so I think that might help them in a way. And both teams will massively want to win this because it's not the Premier League, but it just does feel like this will impact the title race in some way. It'll be sort of defining for how this season plays out for both teams. And, you know, both teams won't want each other to win anything. So I think avoiding City winning the FA Cup is, is what Liverpool will want to do. And then eventually, you know, the Premier League, if they can as well. Yeah, and and on that point, obviously there has to be a winner. This is the first match that actually decides, you know, whether those dreams of a Liverpool quadruple or a City treble still still exist. That That's the bigger picture of this game, David. Yes, you're right. It's funny. We've been sort of inching towards. I was reading some of the reports from last night. They still talk about Liverpool's quadruple dream, dream alive and City's treble dream and stuff. You're right. But one of those things, one of those one two goes. things will end. You know, this is it. You know, as you said, that, that, that there's no more wiggle room, really. And it, it is interesting to use the psychology because you're right. You know, Liverpool will go into it fresh. You can see last night with the changes that Jurgen Klopp made that, you know, people like Van Dijk and Robertson and Trent, uh, you know, will come back in. You imagine sort of Henderson Fabinho. It was interesting. It was either the way he sort of just give everyone a nice sort of combination of minutes. And so in that sense, Liverpool can almost go full tilt at this game, knowing that people have had a rest midweek. Uh, City, perhaps maybe got more questions because he had to go full strength last night because obviously it was a tie that was still very much alive and he had to win it. Uh, but then as Kiva makes that good point, the, the, that feeling though they will have had, feeling that they've, they've come through this ordeal of by fire, really. Like, you know, they really do play with a snarl on their face, Atletico, you know, really do know you've been in a match when you beat that lot. But then, as you that just gives them that high of having come through such a difficult challenge, you know, to take into Wembley. And, of course, Wembley, a stadium they know very well. They've got a fantastic record in the FA Cup uh, City. You know, Pep's always done well in the domestic cup, so they'll, they'll feel as if they're almost like in home territory. Liverpool, of course, had that win in the League Cup. Uh, back at the end of February, so that was like their first win at Wembley, was it, in 10 years, which was ridiculous, really. But for someone like City, winning at Wembley is a very commonplace, so they'll sort of feel that factor favours them as well, really. But uh, it, it is fascinating because the two sort of league games between the two teams, those the two twos, really, you know, where they've been sort of like stalemates and each team has had the upper hand in different parts of the game, but neither can sort of put the other one away. But as you say, Steve, this one's got to be done. It, it could well be... You know, extra time and penalties again because we know that there's, you know, when these two teams go at it, there's so little to separate them, really, you know, because they're both capable of the moments of brilliance, really. So it could be 
another memorable uh, afternoon stroke evening at, uh, at Wembley. Really. The last thing they need is extra time and penalties, isn't it? Uh, just a pointer towards a piece that you wrote with with Mark Carey about um, Liverpool being, I don't want to say shot shy, but having less shots on goal when they play Manchester City, Kiva. Yeah, I think it's quite an, it's something I noticed in, over the um, two games in the Premier League that Liverpool had only had six shots in both games, four on target and two goals in both. So it kind of just stood out to me a little bit. I thought, I'll, I'll have a little sort of look into this. And obviously City are top of the list when it comes to, you know, least shots conceded and Liverpool are top of the list and actually shooting, you know, the average 18, been averaging 18.5 shots every game over the course of the Premier League season. So I think it's quite interesting that City is so able to stop Liverpool from shooting and Liverpool are similar as well I think they're second on the list to least shots conceded so both teams are up there uh, but City just do so well at you know stopping it happening they like to control the ball like to control spaces and you know Liverpool I think are aware that they're going to have less chances so they're going to take them they're going to be more patient and more focused on the quality of the shot rather than the quantity because you're gonna get a le- uh, you know a less amount of of shots than you usually would. Obviously, having said that, at the weekend Liverpool could have twenty shots or they could have two. You know, kind of obviously each game sort of will change that. But I think Klopp and his staff will definitely have be aware that that Liverpool have less shots against City, so they know that when they do have shots, it's almost more important to make sure that they're on target or to you know really sort of. The build-up play is important. I think that's why you, you, a lot of those chances were, you know, build-up play. And a lot of the time, I think there was a, a chance for Henderson to shoot in the, the first half of that game against City and he didn't take the chance. And I was like, why didn't he shoot? But he was almost trying to work a better a better chance on goal. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. So, you know, this weekend, the shots that Liverpool do take, the build-up play will be important and the, the quality of them will be, you know, top dollar it'll have to be to beat this City defence and, and Liverpool are well aware of that It's just a cup final around every corner isn't there uh, brilliant stuff from you guys just to confirm the semi-final dates of the Champions League so Tuesday the 26th of April is City Real Madrid Wednesday the 27th Liverpool against Villarreal the second leg's a week later Tuesday the 3rd of May Villarreal Liverpool and then Wednesday the 4th of May, Real Madrid against Manchester City. Uh, thank you very much indeed to David Anderson from The Mirror, superb as always, and Kiva. Check out Kiva's pieces on The Athletic uh, right now and James's thoughts on Firmino and that uh, game against Benfica as well at Anfield. Thank you for listening to The Red Agenda. And of course, it returns after another epic against Manchester City this weekend. See you next week. <laughs>